Good morning, everybody. Okay, if you would open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, um, verse 19. We're going to read just a little bit there again. If you're visiting with us, we're so glad you're here, and we are trying to follow Jesus, and uh, that's quite a journey, and uh, it's been a wonderful uh, time of trying to do that together, and that's, that's who we are at Christ Fellowship. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Jesus says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eyes are the lamp of the body, and if your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. And if the light within you is darkness... How great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. This is the Word of God. So, uh, today we're starting a new series for the month of August. So we've got an August series going here, and we're calling it Beyond Ordinary. Beyond Ordinary. Can we just say that together? Beyond Ordinary. Now, it's, it's a little deeper than just going, okay, hey, we're going to do something that's not just normal. Uh, actually, we're right now in the church, we are in ordinary time. I mean, you guys knew that, right? Not many. We're uh, Yancey, <laughs> of course you did. Um, so, so just real quick, we're trying to broaden our horizon this year. We've been following the church calendar a little bit more than we normally do in, in, uh, in terms of Advent and Easter and Pentecost. But actually, if you run the, the clock from the beginning of December, it goes Advent is the start of the church calendar, then Christmas, then Epiphany, then Lent, then Easter. That's right. Then Easter, and then 50 days later is Pentecost. And then everything from Pentecost back around to Advent again is called ordinary time. But it's not ordinary as in like casual or normal. It, it just means what it's, it's from the, uh, the, the root word is ordinalis, which means a, the ordered time. It's, it just means it's you're doing stuff that you would do in preparation as disciples for the, the second coming of Jesus Christ. So that's what ordered time is. It's about discipleship. And so when we were, you know, planning and praying for, uh, I've got a little team of guys that help, you know, on, on some of this sermon planning. Uh, we had the idea, okay, well, hey, this is about discipleship, so let's, let's lock in on the, on the beyond ordinary time. We're going to follow Jesus through this time. So does that work for everybody? So next few weeks, discipleship. Yay. Why the title of this message? The kingdom, discipleship, and finances. Well, you know, if you think about Jesus, what you realize really quickly is that he talked a lot about the kingdom of God. He really did. Talked about the kingdom. He talked about discipleship. Hey, come follow me. Be my disciples. Follow me. Do what I do. Learn as my apprentices. And he even talked a lot about finances. Okay? So uh, that might be a little bothersome at first. You go, wow, does he talk about it earlier? Is that like a 501, 601 grad class or something? And actually, surprisingly, for the people that needed to hear it, he brought it first. Like right off the bat, he brought this word about finances. There's some people that in our hearts, what we need to hear 
is a word in following Jesus about finances because finances are so, they're so on the ground. I can be ethereal, heady, theological, just, just you know, kind of working around up here, but, but my finances really tell where my heart is with the Lord. I can go, I'm following him, I'll take a bullet, you know, radical, you know, all that. And, but my finances are really on the ground. So that's, that's what we're talking about. The main thing, if I was going to put it in one sentence today, it's this. Jesus is the king, and we are his kingdom people. And he calls us to follow him with our finances. And we call this financial discipleship. We want to be disciples in all that we are. Mind, heart, emotions, attitudes, and finances is going to be up there. And again, um, I, you know, when you think about opening lines with Jesus, you know, some of them wouldn't make, I don't think they would make for good evangelistic tracks today, right? Like, let the dead bury the dead, you come follow me. I want to bury my dad. I let the dead, <laughs> that's a pretty heavy word, right? Pretty, pretty intense. Or, um, uh, well, what's another? Sell everything that you have and give it to the poor. It's a pretty heavy word, right? And so this, these are not like great opening lines about, you know, hey, he, I'm going to make your life just better and everything's going to go great. Although that really is, we know that's the reality. But these, some of these things are hard words. Matthew hears this word and he gets up and leaves his tax collector booth and follows Jesus. Zacchaeus meets Jesus face to face. And what does he do? His response to meeting Jesus is that it affects his pocketbook, right? He wants to get things right financially in his life. Uh, Peter and Andrew leave their father's fishing business to follow Jesus. And so the point is just sometimes this word about the kingdom, this word about the king and following Jesus, it, it is something that's going to not just be a, an intellectual thing, but it's going to affect us where we are on the ground, living life. And so let's, I want to make a few connections today and we'll wrap this up with some prayer and ministry and a response to God. So first of all, God wants us to make the, king, the connection between the kingdom and following Jesus. Can, can we just, you might do that. I, you know, I spent a lot of time doing this with my son about different issues. <laughs> hey buddy, okay, I really want you to see how just studying for this test is going to help you in the long run. <laughs> he's getting it, right? He's almost out, but he's, he's getting it now. He's starting to connect. But. So the kingdom and following Jesus, that's the point. And uh, so let, let me say it like this. You know, the part of the story is uh, that the story of redemption is the story that goes from creation all the way to new creation. And if you've been around a while, you know that we talk about this a lot. But the creation, the fall, and then God comes to a guy named Abram and makes a promise that through his family, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. And then the Israelites show that they're just like everybody else and do all kinds of crazy stuff. And then Jesus comes as the one who fulfills that promise. And everyone in him really will be a blessing to the nations of the earth. Okay, that's Jew and Gentile together in Jesus Christ. And now we're in this time as we're looking forward to new creation that we are signpost people pointing the way to the way that things should be, will be, ought to be in all different spheres of life. Now, 
What's left out of that story, and that's something I want to highlight today, is this idea of the kingdom. So there's a king, and that is that God wants to rule and reign, and He wants to do that in and through us. And so He's, he's on the throne. He's the king, and He's going to rule through us. But then uh, Adam and Eve fall in the garden, and so then God says, okay, the Israelites, I'm going to rule through you. But even the Israelites say, we don't want you as our king, we want our own king. Okay, so there's a rejection of God. God's got his main plan. There's a rejection of God. And then God, through Jesus Christ, comes to be the king. And to establishes all authority. Heaven on earth is in him. Okay, so this, this story, the way I'm telling this story about the kingdom is really important. Because when you look at the gospel, I don't, the, the gospels, or look at the life of Jesus, I don't know if you've ever done this, but you... You look at what Jesus comes and talks about, and then you look at the way we often present the gospel, and you're like, wait a minute, you know, he's not doing it the way we do it. And that's an important thing for us to get. What is Jesus doing? What is the story? What is the narrative that's being told that when Jesus steps on the scene, him proclaiming the kingdom of God is the answer? What is that story? And that's why we have to immerse ourselves and think about they are looking forward to a Messiah coming, a king who's going to reign over all. Okay, that's the story that they're looking forward to. And, and so this, this uh, gospel about the kingdom of God, and I'm going to go through some verses here in just a second, but I want to just kind of get us to re-up on this thing for just a second. 18, 20 years ago, we had a, a mentor, a friend named... Uh, John Brown, and he would come and teach us about the kingdom of God. And he would, the first time he came, he came, I didn't know how long he was going to stay even. He came and said, uh, and it just, it was a crazy story about me asking him to move from Georgia, Dallas, Georgia to Dallas, Texas. We were up in Grapevine at the time. And uh, he, and I call him, it just, Kim got really freaked out that morning. I said, I think I got a word that John's supposed to, this guy I just met two days ago is supposed to move. And she, and she goes, Jamie, go back to sleep. You're, you're freaking me out. And, uh, and I, I literally, this is parentheses to the other story I want to tell you in just a second, but I got into this one. I need to finish it. And so, so, uh, so I lean over, I throw my legs over the bed, and somebody just give me this Watchman Nee devotional called Table in the Wilderness. And I open it to the third page. I just, and I look at it. It says, today may be the, one of the most important days of your life. And it's not because of what you're going to do. It's, gonna, it's because of who you're going to call. And the question is, will you make the call? Ah! <laughs> Seriously, threw the book down. I was like, Kim, you know, listen to this. She goes, ah, Jamie, you're freaking me out. You're going to call this guy and ask him to move. So John comes, this is way too much on this story, but it's actually a good one. So, uh, so, so John comes, and back then we had day timers. There's, there's literally, there's like 10% of the, the, the crowd's nodding right now. The other guys are, day timer, what, what is he talking about? It's, like a, it's paper, it's a calendar thing, it's on paper. Back when we used to use paper, you flip, you laugh. So um, I said, John. How long, how, long are we, how long are you staying, and, and uh, what's the plan here? And he says, well, you know, brother, I think the Lord will show me, sh show us when it's time for me to leave. That freaked me out, that, <laughs> freaked me out too. It's like having an Old Testament prophet come and stay. But, you know, one of the things he taught us about over and over again was the kingdom of God. And on a couple of these visits, uh, two different visits in particular, 
he said uh, he had the same word for us. And I, I'm saying this because it's a part of our story and heritage. And he said, Jamie, the Lord has shown me by revelation that Christ's fellowship is to be a light and a beacon for the gospel of the kingdom of God. And then he, the next trip, he came and said the same thing. I mean, it was already it was getting in my soul. The reason I, I, this is important for us to get is that the gospel of the kingdom is what Jesus preached. You know, he literally preached and says, repent, the kingdom's here. And that was good news. Repent and believe the good news. The kingdom is here. Get your life in line with the kingdom. And so the reason that's important for us is we've, we've been taken out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light. We've been taken out of the kingdom of death and brought into the kingdom of life. We've been taken out of the kingdom of Satan and brought into the kingdom of Jesus, who is Lord and God over all. Wow. You know, and so, you know, when we talk about forgiveness of sins and going to heaven when we die, and almost like that's the end all, you know, and you go, you try to find Jesus talking about that. And it's not that it's not a part of it, but, you know, having our sins forgiven and going to heaven when we die is like one apple in the bushel of the gospel of the kingdom that's filled with all kinds of good newses. The good news of healing and forgiveness and deliverance and, and, and hope and getting out of depression and darkness and light and, and, and uh, just on and on. All the things that we get to enjoy is in this wonderful gospel, the good news about the kingdom and the reign of God in our lives. Not some pie in the sky out there somewhere, but right now. It's a now thing. And this is the gospel that Jesus came and preached. And that's why you need language. You need handles for this. In our culture, in America, we need, uh, we, we, I need this kind of, it helps me to have this kind of language because, you know, you got everybody walking around anesthetized just with a film over their eyes. Just, yeah, I'm a Christian. You know, it's just like being in a concentration camp or something. Just, you know, I need some music. I need a background of music right now. And so, it's just, it's this uh, heavy thing. And so when we say we've been brought out of something and brought into something, we've been just rescued, and here we are in the kingdom of the Son that He loves. And it's not just every day's the same old thing. If you're bored, try listening and obeying Jesus. And it will rock your world. It, will, it, will, it undoes us. And, and so uh, let's look at some verses. I, I just want to run through some of these verses. Um, this is... This is what Jesus showed up and started preaching. In Matthew 4, verse 23, he's just finished the temptation and then uh, in, the, in the desert with the devil. And he goes through Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. We proclaim this good news and things happen. Lives are changed. People are taken out of darkness and bondage. People are healed. Go on to the next one. Matthew 9, 35, he went through all the towns and villages teaching, preaching the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness. Let's keep going. Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, after John was put in prison, Jesus goes to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. So here it is. This is the gospel according to Jesus. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Align your life. Calibrate your life. Re, refocus your life on Jesus reigning, Jesus ruling. Jesus is Lord and King of kings and Lord of lords. 
Keep going. Luke 4, 43. I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns because that is why I was sent. I mean, I, I think we're starting to get this. Luke 8, 1. After this, Jesus traveled from one town to, and village to another proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. Luke 16, the Verse 16, the law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. Since that time, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached. And everyone is forcing his way into it. Acts 8, this is what Philip was preaching. They believed, uh, when they believed Philip, as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. You remember in Acts chapter 16, the city was in, was in a riot in Thessalonica before it's kind of modernized, Thessaloniki. But in Thessalonica, they were, there was a riot going on, and people were going, these guys have come in here. They are turning the world upside down. They are proclaiming another king besides Caesar. That's the message. There's, an, there's another king besides Caesar. His name is Jesus. And so, wow, that's awesome. The point is, of all of this, you guys, is that life changes when we believe this good news. Life changes. We order our thinking, our attitudes. I, I, I can't, I'm miserable not ordering my life to Jesus when I've bowed my knee to Him as Lord. It's like the best life that I could possibly live with Kim or with our kids or in the church life is a life that's ordered around Jesus Christ not just Savior, but Lord and King of all. Wow, it's good news. And what happens when we believe it, man, people are set free. People are given hope. People are, their lives, their perspective, they're, they're forgiven. The shame drops off. The freedom comes. And stuff starts flowing through us from God, His generosity to others. His love flowing through us to others. His forgiveness flowing through us to others. This making sense? This is the way this thing works. And it's the subject of the Sermon on the Mount. I'm reading a passage from it this morning. But that's the focal point. He says, pray. When you pray, pray like this. Pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is, this is huge for us to understand the good news in a way that's relevant for right now. Not just when you die. Yeah, it's absolutely relevant, but the eternal life starts now. Start living that way now. So it's like, whoa, okay, wow. You know, once you see this, and then all of a sudden, like the gospel of the kingdom, you realize even the end of the story, the end of the story isn't, you know, eject button, we're out of here. The end of the story, the very end of the story is that heaven comes to earth, you know, the new heavens, the new earth, the new Jerusalem. Even it's a, a reference to a, a physical place. There's a physicality to it. You know, and it's not just cling, cling. That's me floating on a harp. With a harp. Resurrected bodies, glorified bodies, new heavens, new earth. Okay, that's where this thing is going. That's the trajectory. And so we want to order life and align our lives with this good news about the King and His kingdom and the fact that He's reigning and He's, he's working and living in and amongst us as His people in a real place. And I, you know, I could say, man, I'm just into the church. 
You know, it's just ethereal. But the, the truth is, it's real people, real life, face-to-face, coming together in this city called Fort Worth, living out this life of following Jesus together. Man, it's good news. And it looks like, what's it look like? It looks like Calvary love. It looks like self-giving, uh, other-centered, agape. That's what agape is. That's what Jesus shows and models for us, that this kingdom looks like this kind of love. It looks, it, it, it looks like our hearts and minds and all that we are and our finances getting shaped by this gospel, this good news about the kingdom. And so let's make that second connection now. So the first one, the kingdom and following Jesus. The second one, following Jesus and finances. So you can imagine it or do it with your fingers. So you can't. <laughs> following Jesus and finances. So there was this guy that comes to Jesus Matthew chapter 19, rich young ruler. This is what I do to, to get eternal life and, and a good teacher. And he says, well, follow the commandments. And well, I, I've been doing those since I was little. Can you imagine just popping off with that to Jesus? But uh, Jesus, Jesus says, okay, well, there's, there's one other thing you lack, and that is to sell all your possessions and give them to the poor. Since you're not understanding that I'm going for the heart here, I'm going to make it very clear where your allegiance is at. You know, and this, again, this message that we're talking about, it's going to affect every, our allegiance with our money, our allegiance to any other allegiances that we have that would take priority over the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Finances describe reality. They really do. It's the heart at the heart of the Sermon on the Mount, right here in the middle, is this piece about uh, you know, treasures in heaven. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart will be there also. Skip down to verse 34. No one can serve two masters. Either he will... Hate the one and love the other. He will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both, both God and money. And isn't it interesting there that he says both God and money? Now, can you think of anything that you might say, hey, you can't serve both God and the devil, I, self? Uh, I mean, I, there might be a lot of other things I, I'd put there besides money. So why does he say money? Because we need to hear it. You know, and we need to hear it where we live, especially. If we were going to, if Jesus was just standing here and he was going to bring a message to us about what we needed to be set free from in our culture, I don't know if this is first, but it's, it's going to be, it's going to be on the list, right? It's, it's important, you know, between debt and, and just wanting to get stuff. I mean, when we get in that mode, the I'm shopping on Amazon, I'm, you know, and there's blood in the water and the sales only last a day. And <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Get it. Get it. You know, and you get the stuff and then, then you like go tell somebody, do you realize how much money I saved today? Y'all know what I'm talking about where you buy a bunch of stuff and you, what you I saved so much money. It's like awesome. Spent $429. Saved a lot of money though. 
Help us, Lord, right? When Jesus talks about the parable of the talents, he's not uh, talking about our special skills. You know, I can sing really good. It's, that's not the parable of the talents. It's actually about money. And it's, it's, I want you to take what I've given you and not bury it, but use it and invest it. Invested in kingdom things, which means people and people that are going to be in eternity. You know, that's probably up at the top of the list, you know. So let's let's do kingdom things with our with our money. And he promises a reward in that. And, uh, you know, in another place, Paul is talking to the Corinthians and he's encouraging them about being givers. And he says, for God loves a cheerful giver. Let's just smile at each other just a second. God loves a cheerful giver. And the thing that's interesting about that is, I thought God loved everybody. Well, He does. But he, there's something there He wants us to know. That God loves a, the Greek word is hilarion. He loves a happy, you can hear where that word comes from, hilarious, cheerful giver. So, Amen. Lord, help us in this. Because what's going on, just like we read in, in, uh, in Matthew 6 there, is that there is there's a relationship between my heart and this stuff. We all, we all take time to do it. You know, some of us have all kinds of different jobs. In, uh, actually, we probably all have different jobs. <laughs> just thinking that through. None of us have the exact same job. I'll just keep going. But we have a relationship with this. We have a relationship with money. And if I fling it, you know, over the, maybe I don't physically, uh, but I, my heart, I want to go get it. I want to know where it's at. We spend a lot of time trying to, trying to get it, you know, and we have these things that we pay off at the end of the month. That's a good, just, yeah. And, or we use a debit card, you know, it's a convenience or we use a debit card, but, but where, my, where I'm spending it, where I'm spending it, I actually have a little bit of money today. <laughs> a lot of times I don't. <laughs> Could have been a Sunday where I had four dollars, you know. But, uh, but my heart goes there. My heart's going to follow where it's, there's a direct relationship. That's why Jesus says, where your treasure is, your heart might also come along eventually. It doesn't say, it's, it's, your heart's there. And so this giving thing is huge. And I, let me just pause here. We're getting close to the end. But I want to say a word about the power of practice. Because it takes practice to learn to be generous and to order our lives in a giving kind of way with money. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. There's about eight guys that got that. Wife's like, what is that? Practice. You know, practice is like, uh, have you ever seen a documentary with a guy that played 15 years in the NFL? And he says, you know, I just, I didn't have to work at it. High school, college, you know, went through the NFL. You know, some guys said it was tough, but I just didn't really practice. They don't make documentaries like that, let me just tell you. They don't exist because those guys work hard at something over a long period of time. Um, 
Cameron Massey's not here today. He's at the at the at the uh, youth camp, but he's a he's a world class uh, flute player, and uh, you know hours and hours of practice to be able to stand up and do what he does with a smile on his face. It's amazing. You don't just do that. I've I've got a friend from years ago named John Elliott. He's a Steinway and Sons uh, artist. And people, he's a worship leader too, and people would ask him, they'd come up to him after he led worship, and they'd say, would you just lay hands on me that I'd get that anointing you've got to play piano like that and lead worship like that? He's like, I'll be glad to pray for you, but you need to know that for about 10 years, I practiced 8 to 10 hours a day. You know, I devoted my, my life to this, the, the practice of this. Uh, John Paxton. Okay, I'm just throwing a bunch of basketball references at you guys today. John Paxton, anybody know who he, he is, was? Come on, somebody. He was a... He was a guard. He was a guard. That was a guard. That was actually a good guard move. He was a guard for the Chicago Bulls. And he was asked, how do you make those clutch shots? Does it make you nervous? They were winning all these championships year after year with Michael Jordan back in the day. How do you make those shots? You know, aren't you nervous? And he said... No, I'm not really nervous. He said, I'm doing the same thing that I've done for thousands and thousands and thousands of times in my driveway since I was eight years old. Practice. Practice. You know, and it's like that with giving. It's learning to, to give. It makes space as we experiment and practice different kinds of, of, of giving like that. We are uh, we're moving toward what we practice. It's just the truth. Um, Malcolm Gladwell had this, has this book called Outliers, and he has a chapter in there called 10,000 Hours. And he just talks about how when somebody gets to 10,000 hours in a certain area of life, wonderful, creative things are able to, to happen. You know, so whether it's a Cameron or a John Elliott or somebody's doing scales over and over and over so that in the moment then... You know, you can, there's different things that open up because you've done those scales over and over and over and over. Okay, and so uh, uh, the example I used in first service was the Beatles. Okay, Beatles, the Beatles were this band, um, <laughs> 60s stuff, and they were real big. <laughs> so. But they, okay, so it just seemed like all of a sudden they're just gigantic and global and around the world, but they had been working, working. Hamburg, Germany, the cavern there in Liverpool. Just, and, and when they played the cavern, it was three times a day. So lunch, matinee show, and in the evening. Like hard work, overtime practice, you know, leads to this greater, and we are moving toward what we do. So I'm doing habits that leads to gaining weight, or I'm doing habits, I'm practicing in ways that leads to not gaining weight. I'm, uh, I'm practicing being healthy. Right now, our big buzzword is we are practicing being blue zone people. So blue zone people, are they live to be like 100 or something. Kim sends me these, she gets the Instagram thing, and it's got a picture of lettuce with no salt or no, and, and beans on it, no dressing. And just, yeah, and so you can be blue zone, gonna live to be like 105 or 10, something. Uh, 
I want to have some good meals every now and then, red meat, time to time. But so, okay, so how do I bring this down to, to giving and to our resources? It's like this. Tithing, when we do tithing, it's a, Randy Alcorn years ago coined this phrase. He said, it's like the training wheels of learning how to ride a bike. Tithing is just, it keeps you upright, you know, so that you can kind of learn how to do the giving thing. And so tithes and offerings, it's one of those places like in Malachi where the Lord says, hey, test me in this. See if I don't open up heaven's storehouse to bring blessing into your life. You know, and it's like there is a reorientation that happens as we learn to tithe and beyond. And then as we learn to give offerings, that'd be like special things that we're involved in or or missionaries. There's always opportunities around Christ Fellowship to give to missionaries because we're a, a training sending uh, church, you know, life giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ manifesting church. So, uh, so all of those things uh, are, are huge here. So if you're uh, going to start this journey of following Jesus with resources where your heart's going to follow, I would encourage you to start with tithing. Okay, so uh, 30 years ago, I got married. 30 wonderful years. And then 29 years ago, we started tithing. And that was, that was, a, uh, that was a stretch. So it was like uh, we made $250 together. And some of you guys are like, that's nothing. We made like $8 a week and <laughs> walked uphill in the snow both ways to work. And <laughs> Anytime you tell the old stories, it's like, ah, that's nothing. Well, anyway, that's all we had. And it was a big deal. You think, well, $25, that's not that big a deal. It was a big deal back then for us. And just learning to order life in a way that created margin and created space for God to do things in our lives. We started living below our means instead of maxing out our means. We started living below our means. We got rid of debt. You know, it was a, a thing, or just it wasn't right there at the very beginning, but, but pretty you know, early on, we got rid of debt. It stopped doing debt you know, and, and live less than so that we could be generous, live simply so that we could give generously. And I just want to, you know, encourage you guys on that journey. So it's to start, I mean, we started with 10, but I mean, if you can't start with 10, then start with five. Get, get in the game would be my encouragement. I mean, just even as a pastor, I, I want to encourage you guys, do you want to grow as disciples and grow in following Jesus? Then this is part of that this would be a key part of our whole story. And I could go around to mature brothers and sisters in this room, and they would say, that's a part of the story of us learning to grow in Jesus. So it's just, just a big deal. So landing this here, wrapping this up, as disciples, we want to order all of life to Jesus Christ. He's the king, right? Ordering all of life in one of the most practical, on-the-ground ways is with our finances. Uh, R.G. Letourneau finished with this story. R.G. Letourneau, famous Depression-era businessman who, who had this business of, uh, maybe you've heard of Letourneau University, but he was this guy, and he, did, he had crazy business practices because he was ordered his life around Jesus. And instead of doing a tithe of 10%, he reverse tithed and tithed 90% and lived off the 10 and God used him. He became a millionaire in the midst of the Depression, doing a 90-10 reverse tithe, giving like crazy and touching all kinds of people's lives, 
and things, but it reflected the fact that he had an intimate heart walk with Jesus Christ who was, he was just living his life with Jesus, right? That's what's, that's what's going on there. I'm not saying that's, that's what we uh, are promoting here. It's just, I want to be a giver. And I want to I keep growing and giving and growing in generosity. That's our, our heart, and I want that for you guys as well. Realign's coming. That's that, ser- that teaching series that we're going to have over here. If you need help and finances or getting your financial world in order, that's a great thing to do. Sign-ups are happening next. They start today. So that's, that's happening right now. You know, that you can get signed up on that. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Lord wants us to grow in this. Okay, so stand up if you would. Worship team, come. Ministry team, come on up as well. And I, you know, this is one of those days where, um, you know, it could be prayer that you're getting about finances. Maybe a breakthrough is needed. Maybe you want to just grow in the area of giving and generosity. Uh, you know, you can get prayer there. But I also want to say, that when the gospel of the kingdom is preached, our finance, yes, yes, our finances are, are touched because our heart's touched. But it's also God wants to touch all the other things that need to be made right. It could be healing. You need healing. Then we want to pray for you. If there's sickness, we want to pray for that. If there's uh, some kind of uh, breakthrough that you're looking for in some part of your life, then we want to pray for you. There's people up here. And so my whole thing is, yeah, let's pray for breakthrough in finances. But if you have any other kind of need, please don't leave today without getting somebody to pray for you. We've got people up here at the front and uh, there'll be people around. Get somebody that you came with to pray for you. So Father, meet us today in this time of response. Lord, meet us today that our hearts would just, this whole heart finance connection, treasure finance and and heart connection, help us to see it in the name of Jesus And, and meet us today. And hey, one other thing, you guys, I, we, had a, we were praying before the service this morning and, and uh, somebody had a word about a prodigal coming home. And I just want to say, if you've been away from the Lord, come and get prayer. Just you're, you're feeling a heart turn to Jesus. The Father is running. That's what Jesus promises. The Father is running to come and meet you. So uh, whatever your need is, come and get prayer. We do this every Sunday. The front's going to fill up and you press into Jesus. That's the key. Lord, help us. We want you, Jesus. Lord, meet us in this subject of finances, but Lord, in all the other needs that are going on in our life, Lord, we want to see the kingdom break through into our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, whatever your need is, guys, come, get prayer, and be bold. Press in. Just take advantage of an opportunity to put a stake in the ground, to go deeper in relationship to Jesus and his people. Come. Amen.